Bokar Tov, we're reviewing the book of Shemuel so far. We haven't studied in about like 40 days. No, we did one class in the middle of the 40 days. But we, haven't, we weren't able to do it because of Silichot. Um, and now we're back. And we're going to be consistent. And we're going to finish all of Shemuel together. But in order to, to just get back into it, let's quickly review. I mean, for the entire class, let's review what happened in the story so far. So, the book of Shemuel... Is a, is a follow-up to the book of Shofetim, which ended off with Bnei Israel in a bad state of, of, there was no king in Israel, each man would do whatever he pleased. Now as a response to that, the book of Shemuel is going to be the story of how we solved for the issue of there was no king in Israel, and it's going to teach us about the, the development of, of, of the leadership in Israel, and the development of the kingship in Israel. Now, the book starts with a woman named... Hana can't have children She's very upset She goes and she prays in Shiloh She meets Eli Eli the Kohen Eli's there He says why are you upset She says because I am, uh, I am barren He gives her a beracha And lo and behold A year later she has a son She donates the son to the Bet HaMikdash I mean in the meantime She has to wean Just, uh, just, just uh, nurse him until he's ready But once he's ready She plans on taking him as, as an offering to the Bet HaMikdash To serve in the Bet HaMikdash forever And she also had more kids and then afterwards she was able to have more kids You know, and it rains of course Now, she then sings a song The song is the famous song of Hana And what, is the basic highlights, what are the basic highlights of the song? That God raises up the low And can lower the people who are high Meaning never think that your situation Your status, your kavod Is, is immutable, is unchangeable It's very easy for God to Take everyone who was on the bottom and bring them to the top all of a sudden. And that's how she feels. She felt, um, she says, the one who had no children, had children. Uh, uh, what's the famous pasuk? Virabat banim umlala. And the one who had many children became, became um, uh, she lost all of her children. So God can do whatever he pleases, whatever he wants. And our situation in life is in a way precarious. Because we don't know what's going to be So it's not right It's definitely not appropriate to get haughty Or arrogant about our lot And, and things in life Because we can never know if they'll remain Now after she sings her song um, we, we give some insight into the sons of Eli Who were the sons of Eli? What were their names? Chofni um, and Pinehas Exactly The names were Chofni and Pinehas And what was their problem? What did they do that was wrong? They took money and they, they So they were, they were taking uh, extra meat from the people They did two things They would take extra meat And that's something that comes later But they took extra meat from the korbanot And they also took meat before they brought the offering of the korban the Two things that were inappropriate Both <coughs> indicating that they were arrogant in their position of being koanim And that they were in it for the money Which was a very big problem Eli tries to get them to stop But they clearly don't listen to him at the meantime, in the meantime, we have a perfect parallel to the sons in Shemuel. Because Shemuel is serving Eli faithfully. He's in the Bet HaMikdash. He serves Eli faithfully. And then one time, and, then, and, and that's like kind of the, the scene that's being set up. Shemuel is being a good servant of Eli and he's honestly serving Eli and doing the services of the Bet HaMikdash. While the sons of Eli, Chofni and Pinachas, who are supposed to be doing the services of the Bet HaMikdash, are... No good at all Okay um, Now What happens after that? Boreolam goes to Eli 
in a vision and he says, Eli, you are going to be punished because of the actions of your sons. Your sons are going to be, uh, what's going to happen is your descendants will never live to an old age. Your descendants will always, will always die young and they will not be the chief Kohanim. They will be like the subordinate Kohanim and they will be begging other Kohanim for food, which means they'll be poor. And you could almost also see, almost see how that's midah connected midah because if they're abusing their power and taking food that they shouldn't be taking, then what's going to be their punishment? That they will have less power and they'll become poor. Okay? So they'll be like the poor Kohanim. Like now what happens then after, after we know that Ali is cursed His family is cursed How are we going to prove All of a sudden Shemuel is going to have his first nevoa And what would be the best way to prove That Shemuel's nevoa is true If he says exactly what Ali just heard directly In nevoa right? Ali just heard that his family would be cursed So if Shemuel Can hear that something bad is going to happen To the family of Ali That would prove that Shemuel is actually hearing something Something of, of, of nevoah So Shemuel is in the middle of the night He hears a, a voice calling to him And he doesn't know what it is He goes to Eli And he says no I didn't call you Go back to sleep It happens a couple of times Finally Eli realizes That this is God Trying to reach out to Shemuel He says tell God to speak So Shemuel listens And the, 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 whatever he, the, the thing he hears Is very foreboding It talks about the nevoah Is that Eli's family Whatever <coughs> bad things will happen in Israel and the sons of Eli will die on the same day. So at first he doesn't want to tell Eli, but Eli encourages him to say it, and then he ends up telling Eli uh, exactly what happened. Fine. Now in the meantime, all of a sudden the Pilishtim come to, to, to do battle with, with Israel. The Pilishtim come, and they rout Israel in battle. They, they beat them in battle. So Israelites, what do they then say to themselves? Why did we lose this battle? Let's go find a way to win. And what's their solution? Let's bring the Aaron. Because the Aaron will save us. Now, what was the problem with that? That they're not thinking about Hashem, they're thinking about the Aaron. It's a big problem. Okay? So, let's bring the Aaron, and the Aaron will save us. So, they bring the Aaron, and who is the representatives who bring the Aaron? Chofni and Pinachas. They bring the Aaron and the Pelishtim. At first, they're scared, but then they say, What the heck? Let's, let's, let's just try, anyways. And the Pelishtim win. They take the Aaron, and they kill the sons of Eli, Chofni and Pinachas, in battle. So, now the Pelishtim have the Aaron. And Chofni and Pinachas are now dead. A man from Benjamin, who may be Shaul, because Shaul is from Benjamin, but a man from Benjamin puts on sackcloth and he puts ash on his head and he runs back to the Jewish camp and he finds Eli and he gives him the bad news and he tells him, your sons uh, have died, Chofni and Pinachas have died, and the Aaron has been taken. And now what does Eli die? When he, what, what happens when he hears this? He dies, he falls, he, he breaks his neck. Yeah, he falls on his chair, he breaks his neck, and he dies from hearing what? That the Aaron was taken. Probably because he already knew that his sons were going to die, for they were bad. But, but the fact that the Aaron was taken was the bad news. At the same time, he had a daughter-in-law, I think, who uh, gave birth to a son who she called Ikavod, meaning there's no kavod, there's no honor. For the honor has left Israel And in the course of giving birth to the child She dies okay? So there's a lot of destruction in the house of Eli And there's a son born to his house Called Ikavod Meaning no kavod um, Next So the, the Pelishtim take the Aaron And now the, the, camera angle, the camera lens shifts Not to what's going on in the camp of Israel But the, the, ba- the story of what happens To the camp of the Pelishtim The Pelishtim they take the Aaron 
and they take it to the house of Dagon because it's you know they want to put it in one of their chief gods. They want to put it in the house of one of their chief gods. There's something interesting that the fish god. Why would they serve a fish god? Because the Pelishtim were people who lived on the shore, so they probably did a lot of fishing. So you would be. It makes sense why they would serve a fish god. I think that was in the Radak. Okay, but they find that the 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 Aron is there, and all of a sudden the next day they go and Dagon is on his face, bowing down to the Aron. Like, what is this? So they pick up Dagon again And they come back the next morning And this time Dagon is cut up On the face He's cut up Into pieces On the floor Right in front of the Aron So So they got They, they realize that there's something off here And then what else happened to the Pelishtim? They all started no, getting leopards. sick no, no, no. They got hemorrhoids. hemorrhoids They started getting hemorrhoids So then the Pelishtim gather together And they're like What do we do? We're getting hemorrhoids We're getting punished So they try giving it to one city And every city is like No, why are you giving it to us? Because they, they give it to one city and then that city gets hemorrhoids. So I'm like, okay, nobody, nobody wants our own anymore. So they go to the wise men of the Pelishim. And the wise men of the Pelishim say, You have to give it back. You have to give the Aron back to the Jewish people. But you have to be careful in the way you do it. Because this God is an angry God. And you have to make sure you don't anger him the way the Mitzrim angered him years ago. So make for him golden hemorrhoids. Because that's how he will be appeased. They make golden hemorrhoids and what else they make? And golden mice. I forgot what the reason was for the mice. They, they, I don't know. I, I don't know what it would possibly look like, but it was some kind of like, yeah, some golden thing that they made. And they put the Aron in a, in a uh, wagon and they took it with two oxes or something. No, it was two cows. Two cows. They just gave birth. They never had a yoke on them. Right. And okay. they wanted to see, it was also a test to see like, is this God real? So they let the cows go, and if the god is real, the cows would just go all and, the way. And why, why was it that those cows specifically, why use just cows that are... Birth, they'd want to go back to their kids. Ah, that's what it was. See? That's why we need alone in class. I don't, know, I don't know what we can do without alone in class. I don't know what we can do. Okay, sorry. Uh, no, there's a reason I'm, I'm dwelling on it, but whatever. Um, so so there, these cows were not in a position where they would naturally go back to the camp of Israel. So if they were to take the Aron back, they never been there, they had every reason to go back to the Kulishi territory. Okay? So if they were to go to Israel, it means that the Aron is guiding them, and, the, and that's exactly what happens. And the Aron ends up in the place called Bet Shemesh. So if you want to know the historical... Oh, was it a different Beit Shemesh? Why, why would it be different? Modern Beit Shemesh is very close to where the Pelishtim would have ended up. So I think it is the Beit Shemesh. Okay? And they're in the middle of doing their work. But what happens to the people of Beit Shemesh? There is like a plague in Beit Shemesh. And they say, okay, we can't, we can't handle our own. So like 70 people die in Beit Shemesh. And, and the commentators, go, they explain why Beit Shemesh would have been punished. One of it is that because they were doing their work while the Aaron came and they did not stop working. Another commentary, which is the Peshat, probably the Psukim, is that they took liberties and they looked into the Aaron and they checked out the Aaron when they shouldn't have. They should have had proper respect. Whatever it was, people of Beit Shemesh also cannot handle the Aaron. So they give it to the people of Kiryat Yarim. The people of Kiryat Yarim take it with respect and they, they appropriately give it to a person named Abinadav. And he is the one who, who houses the, the, the Aaron from then on. Okay. Now we know, we, we talk about Shimuel's success as a leader. After the situation with the Aaron is all solved, Shimuel is now grown up. And 
for the time that Shemuel was leading Israel, the Jewish people were serving God very well. They, they, they went after God willingly. Okay? He gathers all the Jews to the mitzvah, which was like the gathering place of the Jewish people, and the Pelishtim show up to, um, to, to do battle against Israel because they see Israel has been gathered. Shemuel says, okay, don't worry about it. He brings a korban, and all of a sudden the Pelishtim, they, like, a, like a certain storm comes, messes over the Pelishtim. The Jewish people go and they rout the Pelishtim easily. And in the course of Shemuel's lifetime, the Jewish people, not only did they defeat the Pelishtim in battle, they were able to reconquer all of the places that the Pelishtim had taken from the Jewish people. So in Shemuel's reign, as a leader over Israel, they had a lot of military success. The, the chapter, chapter 7, also tells us about Shemuel's his going around from city to city, where he would go from city to city and judge Israel for free. According to Midrash, he would not take any money. Um, any place he would go, Beto Imo, wherever he went, his house was with him, meaning he would, he would, uh, he would, not, it would not cost anything to Am Israel, which is a nice... A nice deviation from the way of Chofrin Pinachas and from, we will see in the next chapter, his own kids. Okay? So, Shemuel is a great leader, but now all of a sudden Shemuel gets old. And his sons were not good because they went after the Batzah. They were, they were after bribes. What were his sons' names? Yoel and Aviyah. Yoel and Aviyah. Okay? So his two sons, Yoel and Aviyah, do not fit the bill. B'nai Yisrael come to him and say, look, your sons are not that good. We want a king. Because the same way you succeeded in leading us out to battle, you're now old. There's nobody else who could replace you. We want somebody like you. So we want a king, like the Goyim. Now, they don't ask it appropriately because they're not asking for a leader like Shemuel. They're actually asking for a leader like the rest of the Goyim. And Shemuel gets very upset at them. He tells them what's going to be the mishpat of the king, what's going to be the way of the king, that the king will always abuse his power and that's just the way it's going to be. But they insist that they want a king and Hashem says, you can give them a king. So Shemuel, his, his uh, final action is, to, is, is going to be to help Bnei Israel find their king, right? Because he's now old. He's not able to lead Bnei Israel on his own anymore. But he's going to help Bnei Israel find their king. Chapter 9 is the chapter we last did. And that's when we meet a boy named Shaul. Shaul, the future king. He... His, uh seems to come from a pretty wealthy family in, Bin- in Binyamin. His father has workers and flock. They lose a couple of their sheep or something. And his father tells Shaul to go find the sheep. So in the course of find- trying to find the sheep, um, sh- they, they, they're looking for days and days and they can't find it. And Shaul says, okay, we should probably just get going because at some point my dad's going to stop worrying about his sheep and he's going to worry about us. In the meantime, his servant says, wait, but there's a city here. And I know that the famous prophet Shemuel is going to be in that city. Maybe we can ask him and he can help us find our sheep. And then there's a little discussion between them on how are we going to pay him. Maybe he needs to, we have to give him money. Who has the money? Shaul didn't have any money on him. And the servant says, no, I have some money. We can go with my little money and we can go and pay Shemuel to help us find the sheep. And that's what we did. And so now... I think tomorrow we're going to go get to the part of the story where they're about to enter into the city in order to get advice from Shemuel as to the whereabouts of the sheep that were lost. And that's going to be the first interaction between Shaul, future king of Israel, and Shemuel Hanavi, who's now phasing himself out of the process. Okay? So is Hashem tomorrow? Anybody, can somebody look in the chat to see what chapter and verse we're up to? Am I, am I uh, posted? It says... Uh Okay, that makes sense. Okay, we're, so we're starting from chapter 9, 
Pasuk 10, Bezer Hashem, tomorrow. Baruch Adonai Olam. Amen, amen, amen. amen. amen.